So, we're not a political podcast by any means. We don't usually talk politics, and this is not really going to be a political talk per se. But if you live in Ontario, you, like the rest of us, were put back into lockdown, quote-unquote, I guess we'll call it. Uh, well, we'll be back in there, what, Saturday, I think it locks down. This is getting ridiculous. Um, I don't really talk about this much, and it just I figured I have somewhere to speak and vent. So I figured I'd vent to you and the however many listeners decide to listen in on this. Like, at what point does, like, the federal government step in and be like, you guys are fucking up every single decision you've made so far and do something differently? Like, I get the lockdown, and I get putting us back in lockdown. I understand your reasoning why. But why are you not – why is this still not a actual lockdown? Why are we still here pretending like, oh, we'll just be fine for a couple weeks, half-assed lockdown, shut down a couple things here and there, and that's it? Like, it's getting embarrassing at this point. I kind of wish they would change the name from, like, the gray zone to, you know, the danger zone so we could at least, you know, (laughs) sing about it. Like, we could at least have – yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like – We're back in the danger zone. You know, and then I feel like people would be a little more – That's what this is at this point, realistically, is the danger zone because we're not fixing anything. We're still allowed to go – like, you and I can go hang out at Marshall's right now if we wanted to. I don't know why, but we can go because there's still a 25% capacity. Now, we can't go get lunch because that's I can't go to your house. You can't come to my house, but we can hang out at Walmart. No problem. Just chill at Walmart, maybe hang out in the electronics section. Who knows? Look at some. You and I want to go get pants together. We can go get pants together. We can't do all day long. We can't podcast together. It's a little backwards. I'm not going to lie. I don't understand. We can't sit across the same room and podcast each other. I think part of it is you know we don't generate the same kind of money sitting at home as we do right out there. But like at this point, I'm back out of a job. So like there's people that are back losing jobs for zero reason because now we're just at this point where, you know what, we'll half-ass lock this down. We're not going to actually get any cases down here. You'll get a brief little blip where it goes back down and back up you go when everything opens back up again because everyone's still out and about. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I'm kind of getting real sick of it because like I used to defend Doug Ford. I thought he was doing an okay job at the beginning of his tenure. I know it's a, it's, it's a two different sides of that argument because a lot of people hated what he did and I get it. But like I don't see anything defensible about this idiot anymore. And I'm kind of getting real sick and tired of doing this whole back and forth bullshit. Like just admit you don't have any competency here. And like, you're just going by the seat of your pants because like the rules change every 10 minutes. And it's just like, I don't know what to do anymore. It's fucking stupid, but we can golf. One of the industries. Yeah. One of the industries that suffered the most actually is like the salon industry Yeah, like, you know, going to the barber shops and stuff. And it's funny because when you see Doug Ford get up there, his hair's looking pretty nice. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> cutting know, his hair what, for sure. He's got, yeah. And this man's going to go. It over. Dude, I had to cut my own. I had a Britney moment where I was like, this is gone. This is too much right now. I had such <laughs> long hair for like a, almost a year. Yeah. Please, it was long. Brandon, alone. <laughs> Dude, this is what I got. I knew I'm that I like, wore hats, so I was like, let's just get it as close to I can to the wood, and that's it. My favorite quote but, from him so far was when he was just like, I'm, I'm shocked that the cases are going back up. It's like, buddy, I've nearly failed biology in high school, and I could have told you that the cases were going to go back up the way you did this. Like, it's fucking ridiculous, man. Like, I think to me, like, I, I was shocked driving through 
you know, where, where I live, right down the main street there, there's people actually protesting and it just didn't make sense. No, you know, to me. like I, that's, but that's what it's come to, right? And I get it. You have to at this point, realistically, like as stupid as it right. is. And like, I don't agree with protests usually ever, but at this point, like nothing's going to get done unless you do. So what the fuck's the point? It's, I don't know. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, getting stupid. It just feels like we're going in circles. We're not closer, but you know, well, exactly. That's, time. that's just it. Like we tripped the United we States so much for what they did. And the way they handled everything, but realistically, there's there's a game in Texas going on next week that's going to have 100 percent capacity at their stadium. There's li- nearly every single major league st- team right now has at least 20 percent in their thing, and their cases are lower than us for the most part in each state. Like it's it's ridiculous. They also understand, like the United States makes money off their mm-hmm. health system, so you know more cases this, are better. Yeah. Yep. No, exactly. But like they're rolling out the right, vaccines a hell of a lot better than we are. They've they locked oh, yeah, down better just, than we are. They opened up better. Than they we don't are. care. Like we trip them yeah. all we want. But they just, yeah, they, they killed a lot the of people. They they killed a lot of people, and it was bad. But they're also opening quicker and getting shit, shit back together a lot quicker than we are too. So you got to give them a little bit of credit for that. <sighs> Ridiculous. Anyways, baseball fans, it's opening day, baby. It was opening day, baby. We're back. Baseball's back. We had a full slate of games yesterday and um, a whole lot of nothing today for the most part. I'm just going to wear the sunglasses just because it's... I mean, there's, looks there's something's happening. Yeah, it's always shady in Doucheville, man. Yeah, so. I got, you have to do... the. I need to look the most like Bo Bichette, Lourdes Gurriel looking thing I can do for the first little bit because it's more fun. I was going to say, you're a nice cross between the two, actually. The like nice, you've taken that whole maybe left side, yeah, the yeah. whole left side of the diamond. Even throw some Cavan in there. You're you're the I whole. Could, I got the ears of Cavan too. Like I think I could be a full yeah. combination of all three ball players without any of the talent. Pretty wicked. You know what sucks is that we're not even gearing up to go anytime soon. No, no, I'm gonna dress like this at home for the because rest that's something of the year. That you and I would be doing is that we would be there like almost right. I, I probably would have been there yesterday, or I guess not yesterday because it's not their home opening yet. But next week when they go home. Probably would have went. I genuinely looked into like flights to be like, hey, I wonder what it would cost if we just decided to go. But it's not worth it. So, no. yeah. Um, <laughs> the Jays opened up yesterday with a 3-2 thriller against the Yankees. Uh, took them into extra innings. They beat Garrett Cole, of all people. Um, Garrett Cole, not typically a guy known for losing. Maybe now because of the the quote-unquote sticky situation is a little bit uh, under wraps. But, yeah, the Jays look good. Uh, the pitching, Hinge and Ryu started out great. Uh, gave up that one home run to Gary Sanchez, which Gary Sanchez is either going to hit a home run or he's going to strike out 17 straight at-bats. So it's not really surprising that he takes it deep. But, uh, yeah, pitching was good. Defense was great. Marcus Semien made a phenomenal play at second base. Looked way better than what last year's uh, defense did. I think you got to give uh, Vlad Vlad some credit on that too. If that's the one in the seventh Big where scoop. he kind of reaches over, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, he gets over from the bag to to stretch and make that play. You know, I noticed that too. And and going back to Ryu, man, after he got kind of burned in the second there, you yeah. know, after those mistakes, that was it. Like he yeah. he cruised until he was out of the game and looked really solid, especially yeah, against a pretty sure. dangerous Yankees lineup, right? Dude, they shut that's, them down. That's supposed like, to be the game they have, yeah. Apart from two moments in that game, like the Yankees really couldn't get anything going, and they just the defense stifled them, the the pitching stifled them. I mean, there was they had that David Phelps inning where he loads the bases up, and like shout out to Montoyo for not pulling him and like making the right. decision because like when he when that happened and he loaded the bases, I'm like you got to go to the pen here, 
and he just decided, no, we're good. We'll let him roll. And David Phelps makes a great pitch, gets the double play, boom, you're out of it. Um, and then you come in. There's so many aspects of this game to break down. I just I don't really know where to start with it. But like the bullpen in general, like you had, so you had the Phelps inning, and then Dolis gets a guy on, but he just dominates after that. And then Romano, who should be the closer of this team, realistically, looked dicey. I'd say he looked great when he was on, and he looked sketchy when he was off. But he gets the runner on third with one out and ends up getting out of the inning on a great ground ball to Cavan, where he makes a great defensive play with uh, Jano back there. Um, they just look good in a lot of aspects of the game last night, and it's a really think, cool sign coming up against a game against Garrett Cole. I think one of my favorite parts, too, was uh, Romano cocked back, you know, 97-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle of the judge fucking and just said, it. hey, here you are, right? Like, mm-hmm. And that shows confidence in it. Yeah, the bullpen definitely looked – to me, it was a little more average. At times, like you said, they got into trouble, but they were yeah. able to get themselves out. And yeah. They weren't – You know, I just I, – You can't call me, them – Sorry, go ahead. No, but to me, even the biggest shock was like Springer wasn't in that game, and there was still so many highlights from yeah from the offensive side yeah. of that game. Realistically, right? Like they, you know, it's a three-two game. I get that, but it wasn't like you were just swinging and missing and no, everything to me, no. right? Like a, a yeah. lot of it, Garrett Cole had dude low and away. Garrett Cole was painting. If he yep. if he wanted it, he had it. Yep. He was that ump well. had. Yeah, that ump had no consistency behind home plate, though, man. There was the Jansen strikeout that wasn't close. And I think Labor Torres for the Yankees, yeah. like, once again, pitch that wasn't close. Shouldn't have been there. But anyways, like, but even still, you know, they were, they were fighting back against Cole. They mm-hmm. were fighting back against, you know, late late in the game, too, when Cole was out. And Yeah, they were down 2-1 in a start against Garrett Cole. And, like, usually he's pretty money in those situations. And it's it's one of those things they just battled back and he gave up one mistake to to Oscar Hernandez and he took it further than anyone other than Byron Buxton did yesterday. Um, Just hit an absolute moonshot to left and there's, it just got him back into the game and they just did enough to get the win. And I think as, as you can't really call the bullpen dominant per se, but when they were on, they were dominating because even Romano, like he was throwing 97 with movement, just up and in on guys that they couldn't touch. And he was mixing his pitch as well. He just had a little bit of command issues and let Talkman steal second and third. That wasn't pretty. But you can work on that. You can fix that type of stuff. But, like, they were just overpowering. And then you get to a guy like Julian Merriweather. And, oh, boy, did he look good. Um, this oh, is man. A kid. I was listening to that on the radio, mm-hmm. and it, it sounded good. Dude, he I, was just – every pitch was right there, it seemed. Every pitch that he threw, I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. Oh, oh my God! Mm-hmm. Just like something different every time. This is so the craziest thing is I watched the game back today, and uh, at the time, so I I watched it just to see what his whole mix up was and how the way he makes his pitches. So he started he starts handing off with a ninety seven mile an hour four seamer, which was actually his slowest four seamer of the the inning. Then he throws a eighty mile an hour changeup and then a seventy nine mile an hour changeup to get uh, Giancarlo Stanton. I think it was no Aaron Hicks was first. So he strikes out Aaron Hicks on two straight t- changeups after humming a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Then he goes into Stanton next at bat, two straight sliders at 87 and 88, and then he drops that. I They say it was a four-seam. That thing had way too much movement to be a four-seam, but 99-mile-an-hour four-seam fastball up and in that Stanton just couldn't even touch. And then you go to Glaber, I think, was next. You throw an 88-mile-an-hour slider, 99-mile-an-hour four-seam, 89-mile-an-hour slider, and then back-to-back 99-mile-an-hour heaters to just finish the kid off. Just in almost an immaculate inning. Like, he was one pitch away from it. And just domination from a kid that they got in that 
Josh Donaldson deal. And it was a little questionable, I would say, back when they made the deal. But if he continues to do that, I'm here for it all day. Dude, having the ability to drop almost, what, 17 miles per hour on average from one pitch to the 20. next is is going to be gross, mm-hmm. right? That's that's unreal. And then even the, the slider, I was upset to hear him bounce it in the dirt on, you know, on the ninth pitch. Yeah. And I think he just kind of, he, he hooked he it too hard. He knew it was there, I, would, I think, was the thing, is he was going for it. He's like, I'm going to throw the nastiest slider and get him me, with it. I think... I think part of me, even if you go slider or change up in that point, because the last two guys you put down on big heaters, like yeah. they're kind of sitting that, right? Yeah. A lot of people are sitting fastball he now, and that's the big worry. Speed. But that's the big worry is that can you locate everything else? Because hitters are good enough that if they get fastball even a little later, they're, mm-hmm. they're able to bring their hips around, swing the bat through enough to just get contact and yeah, like, just put destroy a bat the on ball, it. right? And when those guys put a bat on mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, it's going far. Like it's not, uh, it's, it's, they're pretty good hitters. They can hit the ball a long way. So, I mean, he did great. I mean, outside of the one pitch that doesn't go anywhere near the strike zone, he was phenomenal. Um, it looks a lot better in that trade now that you're getting this kid to produce at the major league level. Now he, that was his first save since like what being with the Indians, I think in like their affiliate, like he has never been in a save opportunity before, except. Well, that's the thing is like, he's a, he's a starter. He should be a starter. And I understand why everyone would want to continue making him a starter, but I'm starting to lean towards the side of like, if we have all these young bullpen arms or the young arms in general, they can't all be starters. And I don't want to see any of them walk away. So why not groom some of these guys into this type of role where you can have Julian Merriweather for late inning opportunities and he steps in there and throws 99 and just gets guys out because he can, because he's going all in. It's the same with Ryan Barucki. It's honestly, it could be the same with Trent Thornton. If you start using him in that role, Anthony K is a little bit different, but like you guys, you have guys coming up like Woods Richardson and Alec Manoa and things like that. And I understand their value is higher as a starter, but I'm not opposed to seeing them in the back of the bullpen where they're still doing damage. I think if you're able to, to flex also into a starter, starting spot is good too, right? We've seen when the Jays have been in situations that they've had to go to their bullpen and spot start them. And, you yeah. know, Joe Biagini was supposed to be stretched out to be a starter and did not work. That was it, right? Like, you're laughing at that, but yeah. that was true. They, they yeah. tried their best to make him they a thought, starter, right? They so thought forever like that that kid was a There was someone like that to come in. Right. So it's totally cool to see these guys in the bullpen and figuring out the MLB. And it's kind of what I said in an earlier podcast, right? Like just give them experience and figure out how to then make that experience of pitching last longer innings, right? Mm -hmm. If that's what you need to do, if that's the adjustment you need to make, I think that's a little easier than trying to figure out all of that in one go, right? If you kind of know how to pitch and you know how to pitch these MLB hitters, and then yeah. you go, okay, I need to do that over five, six innings now. That's a little easier than saying, I need to figure out how to play six innings and pitch to these guys. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm, I agree. It, I just, I'm, I really Sorry. hope he sticks in that role until, I don't know, until things get dicey, you guys. You could always spot start him if you need, like you said. Like, they're already in a situation where TJ Zoic is going to have to pitch innings for this team because of uh, Robbie Ray's injury and mm-hmm. Nate Pearson's injury and stuff like that. So, like, it's it's fine to have them take those opportunities if they show up, but, like, I do not mind them throwing 99 gas at the back of our bullpen. It's fine. It's, that's I, what you need, right? That's, yeah. If you look at some of the best closers, that's what they've done, is mm-hmm. they've come in and they're able to not only elevate and, like, get ridiculous speed on their fastballs, but then have a secondary pitch that either moves or yeah. is a lot slower and just fools, Everyone. fools everybody, right? Yep, yep, for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, fun thing about last night is that the top of the order, being one, two, three, was uh, Semyon, Cavan, and Bo. They were 0 for 14 on the night, and the team still got it done. This team is going to mm-hmm. be lethal with their depth this year. Like, you're getting your game-winning RBI and extra innings from Randall Gritchick in the eight slot. Like, oof. That's if you get those top three guys like they were able to do so much from the yeah absolutely the bottom of that rotate like the bottom of that hitting order Mm -hmm. and especially with the with the rules of having that guy on second I think Jonathan Davis came in and was able to pinch run which you know the Yankees weren't able to do that they had Aaron Judge running Mm -hmm. and Aaron Judge is not going to be the fastest runner out there so you knew that you know it has to be a pretty deep you got to do something yeah. Yeah, there's you, you have a little more flexibility there and a little less worry of, okay, if this thing is absolutely, you know, if this thing's dribbled in, then no way. Mm-hmm. He's not getting home. You know, you've got good arms out there and you've already taken advantage. You have the lead too, so you can afford to be a little more. Yeah, and the thing yeah. there too is like you have the dynamic ability where you have a lot of guys that can play multiple positions. And if you need B, you can move guys around to try and make things work. So like if you come into a situation situation where it's like, say Rowdy's on second and he's the first baseman, you can rotate guys around to put JD in the game and still not have to worry about shaking up the, the defense too much. Like you can make that defensive switch because you can move pretty much anybody in field anywhere they want and you wouldn't have any issues with it. Like it's just the lineup top to bottom is just so well put together right now that like, even when guys have an off night, like you did with the three of them at the top there, you're still going to produce because you have these guys at the bottom that are bona fide major leaguers and they're going to do their job. It just works out real well for this team. And it's going to be so much more fun when, uh, <laughs> when Springer comes back. I know what was great too, is their first run came from three consecutive hits. I'm pretty sure like they hit three in a row. Like they had just kept moving the, the order along and it, it looked really positive, especially for a first game against mm-hmm. the Yankees team, right? Yeah. Like, Yankees are going to hit – they're designed to hit bombs. They're designed to to also hit well in certain parts of their order, but you're showing that you can compete with them and shut them down and mm-hmm. not give them opportunities after you kind of have a little blip, right? Like, besides that Gary Sanchez bomb. I was not worried. Where were you most – Maybe that bases loaded situation with Phelps. Maybe in, but dude, the funniest thing about that is Dan Shulman comes in and goes, "Hey, we need a double play," and right away he throws the pitch, gets it. Perfect. And I laughed so hard because he was like, "You know, here's what they need," and it it, and it, it happened. happened. They and made it happen. Like it's if that's gonna be the J season, then good because I know that if a ball is hit in the infield and it's a scramble play, these guys are gonna make it for sure. That's exactly now, what you want, right? It shows shades of of not as good, obviously, but yeah. when you know when you had Donaldson and Tulo and Goins, the rest of the, Absolutely, and Goins out there. Like, Goins made a name for himself being defensive. Not because he could hit. Wizard. Wizard defensively. Couldn't do anything but else. defensively, you knew if it came to him, they would turn in two always. Mm-hmm. They could turn three probably if they needed. Yep. Um, it was ridiculous. Now, I'm hyped, and it's, it was a great first game. Now, we're game probably one. looking at DJ's like tomorrow. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm not saying that we I, need to bring out the, the parade right now. No. I think – I. I think they look great, and I think there's a lot of really positive things to take away. And I think the bullpen is one of them. Like, I think the bullpen was really good in that game. So I think that's a positive you can take away. Now my worry is you're going to come into guys like Zoic and you're going to come into guys like Roark where you're going to need that bullpen, and you're going to need to use it a lot. Um, so it's going to be interesting the rest of the way. I just – you've got to bank on winning these reuse starts, and then hopefully the bullpen can hold up for most of the year. It's It'll be interesting. Uh Good news is, 
is being like, you know, is, is unfamiliarity from hitters, right? Is not These guys haven't really seen what the Jays pitchers have to offer, especially that bullpen. You know, we don't really know what they are yet. No. So, you know, let's, let's hope that they continue surprising. Like, going up against the Yankees first series mm-hmm. is a big deal. I think that's going to gain a lot of confidence. If you can even take, you know, you take the majority of these games here, mm-hmm. you're you, – you're coming out walking like hey, like McGregor. It, you know, you're, it, you're yeah, if out, you right? can win hey, series against the Yankees, you're putting yourself sure. in a good spot to compete in the play, or to compete for that playoff spot. Not right. just like the wild card spot, but for the division leader. Because like you can you can just kind of take every other series with everyone else and try and win some of them, try and win most of them, that type of attitude. But you're probably going to dominate Baltimore this year. I don't see the Rays as being that great this year. You could probably win against them. I don't see Boston competing with this this year. So you're going to win most of those games. Now, if you can win the majority of the games against the Yankees, you've already set your up set yourself up for a good spot in that division alone. It should be good. Uh, good news of the day: Ross Atkins came out today and said that George Springer should be ready to go on April eighth when he's eligible to come off the D, uh, the IL. So that's good news. He won't be out too long. That's only what five games, I think, give or take. They have five until the eighth. Um, so that's great. Good. It'll be great to have him in this lineup, hitting leadoff where we apparently struggled yesterday but that's all right uh do you have anything else on the blue jays you want to talk about anything stand out from you in that game i'm excited to see it you know mm-hmm. defensively Fun. they're there yeah i forgot how much i love fucking baseball man <laughs> oh my gosh to watch the plays so and just to like bring it down to i watched the highlights like twice this morning mm-hmm. just to watch through and just to see everything again you know that's where i was able to go like oh look Garrett cole threw it middle middle and tay oscar just nuked it like of course i i found like, myself just- at 135 140 in the morning watching the end of the a's astros game that was already 8-1 and over and i'm sitting there just watching jed lowry take meaningless at bats and then flip over the the giants and mariners walk off walk which was hilarious by the way and, like, I'm just watching these random games because it's just, like, I forgot how much I miss legitimate baseball and, like, sitting there enjoying that. It's just so much fun, it man. It is fun to see. I definitely missed it. Yeah, it's great. Love having it back. Uh, other baseball news. Francisco Lindor. He signed for the all the money in the world and for the rest of his life, give or take. Uh, it's a 10-year deal. Pays him $341 million, am I right? I didn't write the number. No, 341 right? You're right. Uh, so $34.1 million a year. It makes him the third highest player in the league, I think, total salary behind Mike Trout and who's the other one? Is there Cole's in that? No? no. Or is it just talking players? Just players in general. It was Mike Trout. Oh, Mookie Betts was the other one. Right. Um, that's a lot of money for Francisco Lindor. I, I respect Francisco Lindor. I think he's a great player. He's a premier player in this league. I don't think he's worth – 341 million dollars especially after the year he had last year i think they might assign this a little quick depending on how he does this year if he is kind of on that downswing that it looked like last year you're paying 341 million dollars for a guy that's elite defensively and just he's, he's getting a little worse offensively am i well, wrong the, the intent was always though to sign him for a long-term big yeah. money like, yeah. that was it and that's where i think the jays always pumped the brakes there's no it. way we could have done that no, they love deals in the four to five year range, mm-hmm. and paying somebody, you know, t- over ten years, especially for that amount of money, you're right. It is absolutely ridiculous. You're, for a, for you are tw- not going to be this worth all that money. For no, 10 years. God, there's no, no. Way. you know, That's, there's absolutely no way. 
that's a 27 year old kid that just signed that deal. He'll be 37 when that deal comes up. And that's, you're paying him the third most money in the majors, like not AAV, but you're paying him the third most total. I would have loved to see him on the Jays for this year and be a rental. It wasn't worth giving up that for a rental, but would have been nice. But if you're the Blue Jays, you have Bo Bichette at short. You you have Cavan, you have uh, Groshans, you have Martin, who can all play in the infield. You really don't need to give up ten years, three hundred forty-one million dollars to this guy. So it's not a. It doesn't hurt me missing out on him. I don't I, think the Mets should assign him to that much, but that's just my personal opinion. And I don't know. I don't know. I think this is the first player for them in a while, like outside of Jacob Degrom and Noah Syndergaard. Right. There, position player. That. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, their first position player. You know, David Wright was their last like mainstay. Yeah, and and he did a lot, and they were close to a World Series, right? Uh, yeah, like, they, they got they, in they there. Got that Daniel Murphy there. year where he hit everything in the moon. Right, absolutely. So they put a lot of money in this year. They've invested a lot of time in their team. And I think that, you know, it wasn't really a conversation, I'm sure, with Francisco Lindor. Like, you're also um, – okay. I don't know what that was. We, we have unlimited minutes. Cool. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. <laughs> unlimited time. Thank you, Zoom. Uh, yeah. No, I think the Mets are just trying to, trying to build a <laughs> – they're, you know, a big culture move right there. Yeah. And you're sure. a New York Mets fan. Realistically, you're a New York team. That money is insignificant. Yeah. They are I mean, they're not the Yankees, but they do want to spend no. like, the new ownership and stuff. I get it. And that's the thing is that they are trying to move in that direction again. They're trying to compete. And you're in probably the most competitive division right now because yeah. the Marlins, Marlins think that they're great. The Braves think they're great. The Nats are, what, two years off their win. Yeah. And the Phillies have paid how much money? They're in the same situation, right? So Phillies gave all that money to Bryce Harper, too. So it's You were in such a competitive division right now, yeah, that you need to make moves like that, right? That's your answer to the to Bryce Harper being in that division. You could convince me that four teams in that division have a chance to win the division, realistically. Right. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a stretch for Philly, I think, but I, I think they still have a chance. And then the Mets could do it, the Braves could do it, and the Nats could do it, and I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they do I mean, need to compete, especially like being the number two team in New York, you need to do something to try and get yourself in this market and be successful again. And I, I, I get it. Bringing in Lindor and signing him for long-term is a big move for New York. I just personally, I don't think it was worth that much. I think their offer to him was a lot closer than what he should have been getting, but you, you got to pay for big name players nowadays. And Francisco Lindor has been a big name player his entire career there. Yeah, sorry. I'm just realizing that they uh, they canceled the Washington game. Yeah, against the whole, the, the whole series. The whole series got pushed yeah. back. Yeah. And it starts. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> my favorite no, story just, in the league. Are you got more? Or? Like, I'm, like I'm just looking at their team, and it's very evident. They need help. That they want. They want to win now. Yeah. They and he's a good. I've heard so many things about him, like him being a really respected player amongst the league so even if you know you go to free agency and you have him in your corner saying here's why you want to come to new york here's why you want to come play on the mats like that's not bad at all no right that could attract people right then and there and, yeah that, that's you know, a big name so, coming here that you kind of want yeah i get it yeah yeah uh my favorite story in the league yesterday i don't know if you caught the dodgers game at all or what happened with cody bellinger yep Cody Bellinger hits a home run yesterday in the third inning, I believe it was. Justin Turner's on first. 
And he takes the drive deep, and it goes off of Tapia. I forget his first name. goes off of his glove, or goes in his glove, and then he hits the wall. Ball goes over. And I guess Justin Turner saw the ball go in his glove, so he decided he has to turn around and tag up. Meanwhile, the ball goes over the wall, and Cody Bellinger's sitting there like, yeah, I hit a home run. He's like, he's giving the, the motion and everything. And Cody Bellinger runs past Justin Turner on his way back to tag up. And by rule, <laughs> Cody Bellinger is out <laughs> for that play. So Cody Bellinger didn't hit a home run. He hit an RBI single, and it just got called an out after that. So that's um, that's tough for Cody Bellinger. That's baseball. you got to love baseball. It's such that's a those weird rule. Yeah. No. So weird. Um, You've seen it close a couple times, I think, but that's the first time I've actually seen it. But I look back at that clip, man, and Turner loses just head down, like, oh shit, I made a mistake, and not even looking at the fact that Bellinger is beside him. I don't know who to blame here. I don't think there's blame to go around to anybody, but like, I think you can't runner, blame Turner, right? You you kind of can't because here's the thing: if that ball goes in the air and that far. You don't have to be running that fast to the next no. base, right? No. You can kind of try. But he was already rounded and... second, so he has to round second and go all the way to first. Okay, but that's, you've made the first mistake as the base yeah. runner that you were going to round second. Like, just if you think it's either going to be over the wall, which it looked very close to, or mm-hmm. Tapia's then going to catch it, you shouldn't be running that fast in the first place. Sure. But I mean, you're trying to get the extra bag if you can, right? Like, I, that's I, I don't know. It's I just like. That's... I don't put a lot of blame into Turner because he saw it get caught and turned around and just started humming back. I put a little bit of blame into Cody Bellinger because, like, you got to have a little bit of awareness, but that guy seems like a bit of a space do? case. Start sprinting back to home plate. No, but if you just like, hang out on first, you, if you see Justin Turner coming at you, you just kind of run back towards first. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. That's what I mean. You can't really blame someone because, like, what are you going to do in that situation? But, like, I, I think – I mean, I feel like the ump might have made a mistake there because it seemed as though they called him out, and Cody Bellinger's like, no, no, that went out. But like, as soon as they called him out, Turner hightails it back. So he's like, well, that guy's out. I got to try and make it back. And then they reverse the call almost, and they're like, oh, it actually went over the wall. So I think in that situation, if it becomes umpire error, I think you should just be like, oh yeah, that's whatever. We screwed up. It's still a home run. But just a odd situation out of Los Angeles. Kind of fun. Even better watching them lose that game. <laughs> I know. It sets the toe. That was the first the first like score too, is you think it's a two run shot and now it's a one run RBI single. Not even was it a, yeah, a single. It made it a one nothing game too. Like that was early. Would have changed the entire game. But then yeah, but in the bottom of the third they I think they got two runs. Yeah. The Rockies just... did. So it was, yeah. It was definitely funny though. Yeah. Um crazy man. A uh, little more important the, news. Sorry, you go. Like, yeah, this doesn't look like the Dodgers are kind of just too too chillaxed. Yeah, I don't think they care. Like, they just got to be training. good at the end of the year. Yeah, like spring training, it was funny to watch Trevor Brown if he caught it, but Trevor Bauer and Jose Ramirez. Mm-hmm. So they had a an at bat. Like you know, Jose Ramirez oh. came up to at bat and and he was like he had one eye closed. Uh, Trevor Bauer did, and he was telling him what pitch was coming. And to strike him out because he said, yeah. like, you know, yeah, absolutely. He was telling him, he goes, I'm going to tell you what pitch is coming, I'll still strike you out. <laughs> and, like, that to me, I get it. You're trying to push yourself a little bit and you're trying to test how far you can go, but you're not going to do that in live no. games or in crap situations. No. So take it a little more serious, you know, yeah. for me. I, I don't know. <laughs> they're smart enough to know not to burn yourself out in April, May. 
because they've done that before that. and they blew it. So I think mm-hmm. I think they're kind of playing it smart enough. I think you would have liked to seen a win on opening day, especially against the Mariners. I don't know why you going to, to Kershaw. Like, is is somebody I injured? I thought that was weird too. I, I was surprised they didn't go to Bueller. Um, oh yeah, I was gonna I, say Walker Bueller. So I, Trevor I understand Bauer, why you just... don't go with Bauer because like he's still a bit of a question mark and whether or not he can replicate what he did last year. But like Walker Bueller's been your guy, and I'm pretty sure he started opening day last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he just seems like the guy to go to. It was kind of weird that they, I guess it's a respect move on Kershaw. So you can't really blame them for it. But um, you think that's like a last season move then? No, no, I think he's got time left. I don't think he's. I think he'll just kind of rot away until he's like so. forty something. He loves the game too like, much. I don't think. I don't think so. Um, little more important news out of the MLB: They decided today that they are moving the 2021 All Star Game out of Atlanta because the recent voter suppression laws. Now, it is a 98-page uh, change that they made, so I don't really know what the actual laws are. All I know is that it it does not help people vote in the state of Georgia. And a lot of people are real pissed off about it. So the MLB, who had the All-Star game and the draft scheduled to be in Atlanta this year, decided to take a stand against it. And a ton of respect for it. They're moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta. They're moving the draft out of Atlanta. And they're kind of just taking a stand against like this ridiculous thing that's happening down there. Just kind of goes against like the top of the, the podcast where we talked about how they've actually done some positive things. And then they just do shit like this where it goes... Completely negative. But yeah, a uh, ton of respect for them. I don't think we know enough to talk about it, personally. Like, it's obviously not our country. We don't really know too much about the voter laws in other countries. So I just know it's not going well right now for Georgia. And I have a ton of respect for the... This is the first time in a while I've had a ton of respect for the MLB for doing something like this and actually taking a stand against it. Good for them. Respect. Uh that's pretty much it for me in the MLB. You got anything cool? Oh, that actually, that uh, Miguel Cabrera home run in the snow. Oh, God, I loved it. That's the coolest scene I think I've ever witnessed in a baseball game. It's crazy. I hope that they do that at the beginning of at least the next show game. Let's put it at the beginning of 21. Yeah. I'd love this. Game. Give me Every the option time. to play in the snow for a game. That'd be cool. Yeah. That vi- the video clip of like the slow mo home it's, run and then the trot. Doesn't he slide into second or something? Because yeah, he hit. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't see the ball. No idea where it was. It's just, you? It created one of the coolest videos I've ever seen. Um, and it's really cool that it was Miggy because Miggy's just like, he's not really what he was, obviously. But uh, his swing looked effortless and he still so nice, does that. Like, it just it pops off the bat. You know, he puts the barrel to it and that's it. You still can't make a mistake to Miguel Cabrera. It's still going to leave the yard. And he proved that last night. Um, it's cool. It was really cool. I enjoyed that I shot. Uh, that was pretty much it, though. I don't think. I think anything. even. Uh, oh, dude, Didi's catch oh, over his shoulder. Gross. Disgusting. My good. Could go down as catch of the year already. Uh, Fernando Tatis had a really nice slide too that they I saw a video of. Same idea as the fucking swim move that he always does. Slip back in. Crazy. That kid's talented as hell. Uh, it's gonna be fun. More baseball tonight. We're gonna watch Jay start back up again tomorrow. So we'll have a hell of a lot more to talk about next week when we get back into this. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for baseball. On to hockey, we don't have good news. We have bad news and bad news only pretty much all the way down the whole thing here. Uh, First and foremost, Vancouver has COVID. Pretty much the whole team. There's eight players now, one coach. Uh, Just keeps going up. Yep, so their games are canceled until the 6th, I believe they said. 
And yeah, that's not good if you're Vancouver because they're in that race right now and they needed some wins and they were getting hot just in time. Um, not great. Adam Goddett got it first, which I, it's whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know how you catch it. I don't think you're playing it too safe if you end up getting it, but whatever. Uh, the I, dumbest, the dumbest part of that situation. Sorry, go ahead. If you've listened, if you've listened to Fred Van Vliet and when he said it he counts. got it, like, he really didn't know, but you don't know where no. it's from. And that's no. It's like he he went on the ice. There was no positive test yet, and then they pulled him out. Right? Like, how is it that Justin Turner runs out to the field? Well, he was positive, but then it was inconclusive at first. And then in the third, they were like, "Ooh, this is kind of bad." And then what? On the sixth or seventh, they were like, "No, it's positive. Get out." Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's obviously a flawed system. So there's gonna be cases like this. But yeah, Vancouver is done, and so that pushes playoffs back the worst further, part about right? that for me i don't think so it shouldn't they should have enough time to fix it but um saying that it does yeah i'm pretty sure that, that no. it does i'm pretty sure maybe, they've already maybe. said that it's because of it because well, of have, all these games they have a good chunk of time off somewhere here because they already have six games in hand on like everybody so i feel like they could just fill in games in that week off that they have um the weirdest thing about the whole situation for me is like so Godet test positive and then the next day, like nobody had tested positive yet, but they practiced before getting the results of the contact tracing or getting any of that stuff. And they just like, they didn't really know who else had it or if anyone else had it. And they still went out there and did their practice. And I think that's where they made the biggest mistake is like, there's the strong chance that a couple guys were actually positive in that group. And they ran them out with the rest yeah. of their team. And I think you have no one to blame but yourself if you're Vancouver. 100% chance. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah. Obviously, there is because there's now eight players. So, exactly, yeah, it's just boneheaded move by Vancouver and a boneheaded organization for the most part. They'd make a lot of mistakes. Uh, yeah, enough of that. Them, the Leafs, big win against Win Winnipeg last two nights ago. Um, great game. Awesome. Matthews scored an actual goal again. Uh, he's now two goals clear of Connor McDavid for the league lead. Uh, he's back. He's just back. That. He, he looks healthy he, again. It's nice. And, like, dude, the way that he moves around the ice, he looks not afraid of anybody. Like, give me that puck. Yep. That's his puck. Yep. Somebody wrote AM on that thing at the beginning of the game and put it on the ice, and he's going to grab it every single time. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. There's no goalie that's going to be able to stop what he's got. No, the guy's a monster. It's great. Yeah. Uh, look good. Jack Campbell is now 7-0 and to start the season. I'm pretty sure it's up there in the franchise record for most starts without a loss to start the season. Hopefully he can continue that tonight. Who knows? Do you think, though, that this still works without Freddie and with Jack Campbell? If you go forward, so you – like you being a Leaf, like you're about to roll into playoffs. Right. And if Jack Campbell's playing this hot, then why, why is he – You roll with Jack, pull? I think. Like you roll with Jack until he falls apart. When you look down at this team and you say, we are going to the, to the Final Four, we're going to the Cup, we're going to win the Cup, does, does that name first on it say Jack Campbell? Like, Are you confident enough that he is going to be the one to get you all the way there? Because I think that if you lose Freddie's momentum, he uh-huh. won't be there. You know that Freddie does not just come in and like steal opportunities. Yeah. We've seen I don't know, man. I, I I think you roll with Jack Campbell until Jack Campbell is no longer good, and that's when you make the switch. I don't. I think this is a limited time thing for Jack Campbell. I don't think this is what Jack Campbell is. 
but he's on a hell of a run right now, and you just ride that until you can't anymore. And eventually, I think it happens. And at that point, hopefully, Freddie's 100% healthy, and you can throw him back in, and hopefully it's not game one of the playoffs so that he can get a little bit under his belt before he gets into the playoff situation. Or maybe Jack Campbell just rides this run until the fucking third round of the playoffs and just keeps you going. Who cares? Doesn't really mean much to me. Yes, you don't like having $5 million Frederick Anderson sit on the bench, but if Freddie's or if Jack's the guy that gets it done, then Jack's the guy that gets it done. Who cares? You know what, though? That to me is probably the easiest situation then that you go to the offseason and say, hey, Freddie, here's what we want to pay you and here's why, because he didn't play. So if some team then wants to offer more money, for sure they can, but they're going to be taking a way bigger gamble because yeah. Frederick Anderson has not played since you just don't whatever know what date it was. Yeah. So almost, it's almost better the less he plays, the more likelihood that he comes back for cheaper. You know, not, not, not cheaper, cheaper than what he is yeah, now, like, but cheaper than you were going to get him for. Fair money, yeah. right? And that's exactly what you want because you still believe in him. It's like you've lost faith in him. It's just we don't have the cap space as an organization to bring you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, right? I think that's what it's, it's, it's impossible to justify bringing that goalie back, especially when Jack well, Campbell's it, having the year that he's having. If Jack rides this out until the Stanley Cup Finals, you don't bring Freddie. There's no need to have Freddie here because Jack just showed you he can get it done. Even if Jack rides mm-hmm. through to the second, third round, you're like, well, this guy did it, so what do we need you for? I, I get it. I'm still not fully on the Jack Campbell to start for this team train, but I am on the train of let's ride this kid until he can't do it anymore, personally. Uh, Leafs played a night against Winnipeg. Absolutely, and that's the mentality. Yep, yep. Leafs are back against Winnipeg tonight. They are currently three points clear of them for first place and four of Edmonton, I believe. Uh, it's another big game. They got one game in hand on Winnipeg. So if you win this, you're getting pretty clear of first again, and they're starting to look like the team they should be. So it's a big one for them tonight just to get a little bit of clearance in that uh, that North Division. Speaking of the North Division, the best player in it, uh Threw a dirty hit. I'm not going to sugarcoat that one. Uh, do you think it was suspendable? Yeah. Yeah? I I definitely do because if you watch the clip, the puck is gone mm-hmm. for longer than what's appropriate amount of time. Yeah. He takes that extra stride to yeah. chase him down, and you throw elbow first. Right, like, and I'm gonna compare whether, it to whether it hits or not. He th- he did throw the elbow up first. Okay, so the there's a obviously Chandler Stevenson mm-hmm. got fined or sorry got suspended three games. Yep. No, both of them do not have any prior instances of suspension nope. or anything of this nature. Nope. And but one is the, named Connor McDavid. And one is one is exactly, and that's what I'm gonna say is that one of them is named Connor McDavid. Where if that was Chandler Stevenson taking that extra stride to throw his elbow up, that's a three-game suspension as well. Even more fun, if that guy's named Tom Wilson, you're looking at like an 8 to 10. Oh, my God. If even his if name was re- Rafi Torres, that's it. That would be, that would be his career. Like, it's, I, don't, I don't think it was that vicious, but like it's the name that I think kept him out of getting a suspension because it's a frustration play where he comes across the ice, does not need to throw that hit, Throws the elbow up and okay. do, like well the principal point of contact wasn't the head he still throws the elbow to the head and I just it, it was an ugly looking play that doesn't need to happen in hockey. Why are we saying that it's not vicious? Because the end result wasn't a vicious result. If he knocks yeah. that guy, so even if McDavid throws the elbow up, knocks that guy off balance, and he hits the ice, mm-hmm. 
That's not that guy's fault. That's still McDavid's fault. Whether the elbow knocked him out or not, whether the ice did it, it yeah. was still caused by him. And that's something you don't want to see from a player like that, especially a player who, as soon as he hits the ice, uh-huh. all eyes are on. Yep. All of the eyes are on you, man. Yep. You you set the tone for what the the hockey players of today and tomorrow are going to do. Now I get it. You're frustrated. I get it. You you know you're on a bit of a uh, a bit of a slide right now. You guys are on a a bit of an uncertainty of where you're. And they were playing up. like shit in that game. They were getting slapped around like it was nothing. And I I get where the frustration right. comes from, but you can't do that. Now no. The next night, <laughs> the other best player in the league, uh, went out and did something kind of pretty stupid himself in taking off. Uh, who was it? It was. I don't even remember. Oh, Connor Garland took off Connor Garland's helmet from his head and then like <laughs> tossed it at him, hit him in the head or to hit him in like the lower chin chest area. Now, realistically, that's probably Eugene. a suspension. Doesn't matter, like, that's Eugene. something that's very not hockey related. But because you didn't suspend McDavid for something worse the night before, I think that's exactly why Nate McKinnon didn't get anything more than the exact same fine. But you get 5K for both. You're telling yep. me those are identical plays to each other? That no. him taking no. off – so he has his helmet in his hand. Yep. And, what? okay, he could throw it to the ground for sure. He could sure. throw it away. Sure. Instead, he says, you know what? I'm going to throw it at you because I'm Nate McKinnon and I'm just that G. I don't care. <laughs> Nate dog. I loved um, it. I was hilarious. Absolutely. I, I, obviously, I'm a big Nate fan and I love watching it. It's just really funny that those two plays happen back-to-back nights and it's just like, ah, they just wanted to get a little into the physical side of things. It was great. It was fun to see. This is kind of that, that boiling over point, though, you know, yeah. that I was talking about. This is that you're starting to see some frustration. Yeah. Really kick in, which I love. Yep. Um, I think that's out. It out of hockey. I got nothing left. Oh, Dubinsky had some stupid comments about Sid today. I don't have much to say about oh, it other than he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, and he said that he'd rather take Ovechkin over Sid. It's like, yeah, you know what? We're all entitled to bad opinions. I've had mine. You're allowed to have yours, but don't kid yourself. That's such a stupid opinion. Uh, NBA, we briefly talk about it from time to time. The Raptors are uh, reeling hard. They're not good. There, we mentioned a couple times that there's a chance they turn the season around. They're not as bad as they were. They might be as bad as they were. Obviously, COVID they're hit them. Sure. Obviously, it doesn't help that they're playing in Tampa. Do you think this team can still turn it around next year with a nice offseason, though? I don't know. It's it's incredibly hard to draw free agents in when you don't know where you're going to be playing and where you don't know what the current situation is. It's already tough enough bringing them into Toronto and convincing them that, hey, Toronto and coming over the border is exactly where you want to be, yeah. right? Now, now it's going to be harder to say, hey, we don't know if we're going to be in Toronto. We well, don't know exactly. You're assuming by this time next year you're in Toronto because, like, things should be cleared up by, like, August or September, realistically, right. like, vaccine-wise. So, Unfortunately, as well, though, Siakam... Van Vliet and Ananobi have not made enough of a name for themselves for the bigger name for agents to go, I want to play with those guys, and those no. are going to be the three to bring us to a championship, right? Yeah, but it's, there's a the lot name, of uncertainty. With there's, there's one there's, name there's out so there that I'm looking at, and yeah. he's been here before, and he led <laughs> us to a championship before, and he could opt out at the end of the year, and he likely will opt out at the end of the year. If you can bring in Kawhi Leonard again... There's no reason this team can't be back to where it was last season. Maybe not Kawhi the championship will, caliber team, but... Kawhi Leonard will not be going anywhere other than 
to an LA Clippers team because he will be winning a championship He's with them this year. Very no chance. No Dude, chance. What do you mean? Come out of this one. These, these teams are There's, just grabbing. Nobody is beating the Brooklyn All Stars. <laughs> Blake Griffin was not leading them to a championship. No, I'm sorry, they have great but individual Kyrie, but they KD, and Harden might. On top of having everybody will, else behind them. No, they will not. Kawhi is going to defense his way into another championship. It's the exact same team that they had last year that looked like absolute shit in the playoffs. It is not the exact same team it's that the they exact had last same year. Team. Oh, no. It's the same team. The, Dude, the core got, of it's the exact same. Rajon Rondo, Serge Ibaka. <laughs> is Serge Ibaka, who's a Serge bench piece on the Raptors that lost the, the Celtics. Okay, they just got DeMarcus Cousins, who has had an okay season right now. Who has now. not been good in five years. Absolutely. I'm just saying, though, that they are not going to get they're just not that. Bro- they're not good enough to take on the Bro- Nets. They not be, no. Yes, they... I, I wouldn't even... Okay. Let me see. Who's on the... They're currently sitting in third in their own conference. I get that. Um, That's because Utah... Is they're just ahead wagon. of the Lakers, and the Lakers have been missing LeBron for the past, what, three weeks? Um... Denver's still good. They showed they can beat them in the playoffs. You don't need to have a perfect record in the regular season. You know, the Warriors showed us that having all those wins in the regular season doesn't mean you're going to get the championship in the end. Sure, sure. But I don't know, man. They're going to position themselves to get a good position. Do you think that, honestly, with the Clippers going up right now, if they were to go to the playoffs, they'd play the Trailblazers? So you think the Trailblazers ponying up on Norm Powell is going to take over the Clippers? No, nope. and then what? Let's say oh, yeah. They, so they win the, round one, okay. But the Nuggets and the and the Lakers have to play each other. Mm, yeah, you're right. So let's say one of them comes through. The Suns, you're gonna tell I, me I the Suns are the Lakers or the Nuggets over the Clippers, especially after what I saw last year. The Clippers could not oh. handle Jamal Murray. Dude, the Clippers are way stronger now. They're they are way more educated now. I don't think they're Kawhi Leonard is a top three playoff performer. Sure, and you're not gonna convince me otherwise. Jamal Murray's top two. No, he's not. Bubble Jamal Murray, top one. That guy was elite last year. He was unreal last year. Oh, AD I'm was obviously unreal last year. that a bit. But, but I don't know, man. No. I just I don't have enough faith in the Clippers that they're going to come out of this, let alone try and beat the Nets who are going to cruise into the fucking finals. Like, the, who takes more than two games off of the, the Nets in the East? But do you honestly think that it's, it's a cruise in – to the Nets, especially yes. with the Bucks, who think that they, but the Bucks match up. The Bucks if, if suck. The Bucks are terrible in the playoffs, man. When have they been good? Okay, in the playoffs, they they still They're have the pedigree to be, to be a playoff team. They never have been. Dude, Brooklyn is just their first year together. Okay, you know what this reminds me of? Yeah. When May when Miami. Miami strung all the boys together, came in and said, "We're gonna do this. Let's all do this together." Even when Golden State strung every boy together, they didn't win every one in a row. No, but. I don't know. I right? just think it's gonna be You're tough. Gonna I don't. I just don't have faith in the Clippers to just beat through this. You think that what James Harden is gonna just what, lock it down in the playoffs? No. You think that Kyrie Irving is gonna start the same playing defense in the playoffs? Like they're not you gonna be able to, to score. You don't every need to play single. defense when you're scoring a gajillion points a night. Dude, Miami is not a joke of a team, and they show that they are okay. The Raptors when they went to the finals, yeah, defense was first and foremost. Miami yeah. looks incredibly the same. Where yeah. they are going to just grind you until you want to give up, and they are just going to keep going and keep pushing. And they got Oladipo, which I think is an underrated move. The fact that people have counted him out already is shocking to me. 
they also have a negative point differential, which I think is. I understand what they have. I didn't say like, that they are they, opportunists. They showed it last year. Yeah, I think they have a chance. I just don't you see know? anyone taking down Brooklyn in the East, and I sure as hell don't see the, anyone. I don't see the Clippers beating them in the West. I think the Lakers, because they have LeBron and AD come playoff time, I think that makes a difference. Oh, I, I just I don't. Know. I think if you have healthy AD. Is, it's unreal. Yeah. Healthy AD, and especially last year. When I watched the finals, man. I was more impressed with Anthony Davis's play than LeBron James because AD True. was able yeah. to hit all the shots from anywhere yep. on the court. That's what I mean. It's going to be, it's a tough road for LA and not so tough for Brooklyn. Like, Brooklyn's realistically got to face Miami, would be a tough contest. Um, and I think Philly would be a tough contest this year, but I still don't see Philly built that well in the playoffs. It's just an easier run. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think Philly not making any any more moves to get a point guard. You need a legitimate well, yeah. point guard. I'm sorry to say. Yep. As long as you have Ben Simmons yep. there, like, he needs to slide that. over somewhere. Like, I, I would slide into where his size fits better. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, like, you, don't need to lose. you don't need to give him up. You just don't need to let him run the point. Because when he runs the point, you know there's no three-point opportunity. Exactly. Uh, I think that's it. Do we have anything else? I don't think so. I think we're pretty smooth. Seems like a pretty short that. one this year, this week. Uh, yeah, we'll be back beginning of next week. Uh, don't forget to follow. There us was in. not a lot of like you know sports. Not a lot of news stuff, considering like the, baseball started. I just got so excited about the baseball. trade deadline. To me has been a little meh. You know, basketballs came and went as and we expected. Is just kind of as as we expected, realistically. Uh, I'm looking at the moves, you know, like like Blackhawks made a move for Vinny Hinnestroza, but it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing big. Yeah, you happened. know, I'm picturing, picturing whoop-de-doo, Basil. I feel like, like we're, we're going to end off this episode, and then there's going to be like 19 different storylines that hit at the end of this. just happens pretty often with us. I don't, know if we've, I don't know if we've talked about it, but a lot of people are humming around the Taylor Hall mm-hmm. trade to the Maple Leaf market, and... What percentage, I guess, would you be on board for? And what are you willing to give up, I guess? My percentage well is climbing slowly. Okay. And I know they want a first, and I think I'd be okay with this year's first for them. Now, past that first, I wouldn't go too much further. I'm not giving up. If I'm giving you the first, I'm not giving you Sandine, Liljegren, Robertson, or Amirov. Though They're untouchable if you want our first. Now you get into that second tier of prospects and I take a look at it. I don't know if I'd be that interested in a rental with the first and premier prospects. But the first round pick, you can have it for all I care. If you want nothing else, if you're just first round pick for Taylor Hall, you can have that first round pick for Taylor Hall. It's when you get into the plus plus situation that I'm not interested in. But I think he'd fit well on this team. He can play offense really well. He apparently has one of the best, um, like, breakouts in the league. Like, his ability to move the puck into the offensive zone. His analytics are great outside of finishing. You just can't finish. Yeah, but that to me is is worrisome because you already have guys that can finish and you already have guys that can kind of – you know, everyone's kind of paired off. Where does he fit? Is he going to fit? I think he fits – away from Willie Nylander. Well, no, I think he fits into that Nylander line. I think he fits better than – I mean, I like Gouch. I think Gouch has been great on that line, but I think he's a a cooler fit for that second line than Gouch. Honestly, Gouch is just a really hardworking player, and that's what they need. You know, he fits. He's less about the skill. He's almost like a more skilled Zach Hyman, where he's going to just keep moving his feet 
and get himself into scoring positions. He's not finishing as much as he was supposed to, but no. he's still getting opportunities because he's he's, he's quick. He's know? a more skilled, less bulldoggy Zach Hyman. Like he'll grind hard, but he can actually do something with a puck if he has it. Yeah. I think that's it. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the BNB pod underscore uh, on TikTok at the BNB podcast. We have fun there. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. All that's below. Check us out at theasports.com. It's where you can find some nice merch and all, all sorts of other content. It's all down there. Everything's going to be linked in the description mm-hmm. below. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll, um, we'll see you We're also next hoping, week. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, getting a little... Little surprise guests. Hopefully, we'll mm-hmm. see. We're gonna. We're, 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 we're We are working on some things, actually. So we're gonna tease that. We're gonna. We're gonna talk to some people. We're gonna we're set gonna, up some stuff. We're gonna, so, we're gonna try. Know, we're gonna try. For all you Blue Jay fans out there, just just a little, little sprinkle, just for fun. A little sprinkle, a little, we'll, little uh, teaser. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Have a good one. Cheers. <laughs>